You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Uncensored. You have with you Jacob Knight, Dan Hood, Derek Tolles, and Braden Ware, and we're going to talk about turkey season. And turkey season's open for The, the various ways to be unsuccessful. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, don't. It's like Einstein. Don't know? ruin the end of or the show Einstein. here. Let's, let's define success. <laughs> we got to drag it out. Yeah, let's, we got to make it look like we're close. And let's then. define success. I mean, what is success? Uh, mm. Success is getting out of the house for me. And we all succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not working on the shower for a little while. Yeah. Not working on the shower. Yeah. Dan and I went hunting with Chris. I've never been hunting with Chris. That's true. That's a success. Did he yeah. teach you some stuff? Dan or Chris? I don't know. Oh, sure. I'm sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> Chris teach you some stuff about AI while you were out there hunting. He, he talked talk to me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, how'd it go for y'all? Uh, It went okay. It, it, is a, it reminds me a lot of my deer season, being a new hunter, where... Most of my confidence comes from me anthropomorphizing. Well, how would you, you take go. a you word that through it? <laughs> you just thinking like a deer. Oh my gosh! I gotta turn you down. Turn me down, boy. Uh, yeah, just turn thinking like a deer, or in this case, thinking like a turkey, and just going. If I was a turkey, I'd be here. Mm. Thinking like what Dan thinks that a deer. Is. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like That's what we key. do with bass fishing lures. <laughs> like, oh, I'd eat that. I'd eat that. Exactly. I'd be yeah. a terrible fish. <laughs> yeah, but no, really great piece of property, public land. Uh, I think we only had one other group of hunters out there with us, but they kind of set up where we thought the turkey would come from. I think they screwed us. The more I thought about it this morning. They were calling so much. I think, yeah, I think we should have almost been down from them. Well, that was the plan was that we were going to set up in in this field and we were up against the side of a river and we were just going to march down the river as the day went on. Um, And we could hear gobbles coming from where we thought the turkey were, but then we heard, you know, we were set up in a field before sun up and we heard car doors shut, that dreaded noise. We were like, is that other hunters, too, or is that right before sunrise? Is that a meth head getting into our cars? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those two things. Uh, and I guess Jacob, you saw? Did you see the people, or did you just see flashlights? I, I saw a person, no flashlight, because it was daylight at this point. <laughs> who? Because so I'm over there. The way we set up, there's a clump of trees in the middle of this big field, and then there's not much other cover except for one little small kind of bushy tree, which is where Dan was sitting. And then a big oak, I believe is what it was. It was like a huge a single, tree. Yeah. And then Chris and I are set up um, on that clump of trees. And so looking out over this field, I see Dan, I see our decoys and I see this big oak tree. 
So our decoys are probably at my two o'clock and 12 o'clock almost directly in line with Dan. uh, I see this dude, you know, walking across the field, like looking out at our decoys. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Come on, bro. Just walk on, just walk on. Uh, I'm sure he had heard my calls and came over to the edge of the field. Oh my God. Very unencover. Like <laughs> out in the freaking open, standing up on, you know, both legs. And so uh, he moves on. I don't know. I kind of I saw which way he was going. And he went to where we were hearing the gobbles from. Uh, and I think he just blew it up for us. And there was like 30 yelps at a time from that direction. Yeah, Somebody was over there just definitely that hammering, banging yeah. the call. Yeah. They'll do that to you. So we had a, we had a similar situation, uh, Saturday part of me and Phil hunting. We had a bunch of, I'll tell more of the story later, but one of the encounters we had, there was like two, two turkeys gobbling 300 yards away. I mean, they're pretty far, but we were on kind of like a ridge system and they were like down on a finger. We figured out. So, we like set up and like we're doing some calling. They're responding and we're just sitting there and waiting, like, you know, giving it plenty of time for them to start like moving and stuff. And then all of a sudden I hear a hoo hoo hoo. And I was like, oh, sweet. We're going to have an owl like locating this thing for us. Turkey gobbles. I was like, okay, cool. Like it moved closer. And so we're just waiting. Hoo hoo hoo. We're like, uh, that sounded a lot like the first one. I mean, it was like the same cadence over and over and over. It's just shot gobbling. Just, yeah, and so I was like, he's just like getting off hearing this thing gobble. It's not exactly going to call him in. So I'm talking to Phil, like cursing this guy. Like, what, what kind of idiot turkey hunter thinks he can call into Tom with an owl? And, and an I was like, wait a second. Yeah, really. And I was like, wait a second. He's smarter than we're giving him credit for. He heard us calling. He heard the turkey gobbling. He said, I'm going to get in the middle. And I'm just every now and then going to shot gobble and find out when he gets close to me coming to us. And he got basically in the middle of us and was just mm-hmm. going to let us call them in. And he was just going to locate them and just wait till they Bust got it. close and shoot them before they could get up to us. I was like, yeah, that's kind of a turd move, but it's public land. It's not like. Well, that, that was what was different for me because this is the first time I've ever like competitively called with anybody because I've always hunted private, uh, especially for turkey. And. Now I'm thinking about those owl calls or calls, the owl hoots that we heard. The timing seemed real for mm-hmm. when they would have been owls. And it was almost like they were answering each other because they mm-hmm. were in different directions. But who knows, man? It could have been those guys coming in trying to find them with the, the hoots too. And the the There was not as much gobbling as I'm used to. And because I'm used to like they, they gobble at car doors and goose flying over and crows and everything just triggers them triggers them early in the morning it wasn't like that it Mm. was maybe two birds very sporadic gobbles um it it would have been hard to chase them but so y'all that was your your setup you did that and then it didn't play out yeah we had a we had a jake and like a a laying down hen out in the field um field was great because that was where we went when we scouted we saw turkeys like four different birds in that field and so we kind of felt good about this the only big difference is that we were scouting in the afternoon and we were going out first thing in the morning yeah um so you know did that just their route that they usually take or whatever 
Um, so then we we stayed seated there until about eight o'clock or so, and then decided like, hey, let's go find these things because you know we just felt like those other hunters were posted up right where we we were facing. Uh, so it's like, well, let's try to backtrack. And we kind of walked along the whole river till we got to a creek. And then we were, Jacob was calling and we were hearing a hen. And then we really weren't sure if it was the other yeah. hunter, if we were calling to each other or not. And we were walking up this creek bed, saw a coyote, which I thought was a good sign. Cause I'm like, well, the coyotes there, there's probably not people right there. Uh, or it's chasing the turkey. Which is definitely possible. It would still be a good sign. Yeah, I just felt confident there wasn't a person. And then we got up to this kind of creek area, and Jacob spotted a lot of turkey poop. So we think we know where they're roosting now. Mm. That'll probably be next weekend. This weekend, I'm going to go back out there. I'll probably start there. Yeah, that's what I would That's what I would do. And if I were you, I would almost even say if there are other trucks at that lot, you go 300 yards down through that marshy area and get those birds coming that direction. I do not think they have any reason to come to that field if there's bros walking in right there calling so, at them 100 times. So you think don't try to set up in that creek bed if there's other trucks there? I don't know. If you're the first one there, I'd go there. Did you find any dust bowls by chance? We didn't. We saw some eggs, some busted open yeah. eggs. Okay. But we Not a dust bowl. No. If you could find something like that, I think that would be killer out there. If you could set up on that, like, late morning, because all those guys are going to be pushing those birds around everywhere, but that's where they're going, kind of late morning, Mm -hmm. midday. You know, there's that road bed, too, that we talked about that goes further down. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing how it is, like, if if you're walking away from where we set up, that right-hand side's up the hill, it's thicker. Left-hand side, it's thick, and then it's that open marshy area. I bet they use that road bed, too. Or that, you know, that road. I've found quite a few dust bowls this season close to roost trees. So when you hmm. were talking about how you said... I wouldn't even found, know what to say. I found one. It, I mean, it's just an indention in the dirt, basically. And there will usually be turkey feathers and stuff in it. And there's a, they, they will kind of... It'll look like a bowl because they're in there just rolling around in it so much that they kind of start to waller it out a little. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I I don't know how common or normal this is that it's close to roost trees, but I've been finding them this season very close to roost trees. Hmm. We did see a ton of sign of deer, though. Yeah. A ton of sign of deer. Well, and there's we, I remember seeing spots like that, mm-hmm. not a feather, in the two days that we walked around. Yeah. I feel like you'd find some feathers. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's not it still. I mean, it's been super windy this spring. Yeah. Very possible that it's it could true. just be blowing any feathers out. Um. But yeah, this this it was interesting being out there and being like, is that a turkey or a dude? Mm-hmm. And you know, really trying to figure out if we are gonna move, where do we go? Where do we think they went? Is that Yelp we just heard a bird or some guy we're about to walk in on? Um, it was a different element. Mm-hmm. The only other time I've hunted public land was Eastern Kentucky, and it was like I've told you all before, like the drive-by turkey hunting in coal mines where you basically ride around a truck and everybody jumps out. It's just different. Yeah, <laughs> drive-by. <laughs> <laughs> Brayden, what was your weekend like? Uh, so I got out Friday morning uh, before work. Me and Phil went over to my grandpa's place. And um, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever like seriously 
Me and you may have gone turkey hunting there once. We hunted there one afternoon. That's right. We yeah. went there in the afternoon knowing it was going to be a bad hunt. Like, it was super windy. Super or windy. Not, the field was, like, super overgrown. Super tall. Super, yeah. Like, birds weren't going to be running around in it. But then didn't we end up seeing a hen that evening? That afternoon No, or we saw a doe. But we we uh, sat down, and we were like, this ain't going to go well, but let's, let's just sit here. I actually sat real close there. Um, yeah. It more into the woods, but... Anyway, like we got out there like real early and I just wanted to listen because I hadn't done that out there before, like to hear kind of where they were and stuff. I've found tons of turkey feathers all over the place and I have seen turkeys running around during deer season. Just doesn't help a ton, obviously, for, for the spring and had, have had some on cameras and stuff before. And so just kind of went to roughly where I thought they were and we just sat there and listened and did a little bit of owl calling and not really hearing anything. Um, and so me and Phil stand up and he's like, okay, like based on what we know from the cameras and, you know, what we've seen in the past, I think going to this spot would be good. And I was like, yep, I totally agree. He's like, we'll set a, a hen decoy right here. I'm like, okay, sweet. So we start walking and he goes, where's the decoys? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it took me till after he had said, we're going to go set a hen decoy over there. And we were actively walking over there to set a hen decoy to realize I didn't have a hen decoy <laughs> Um, and so he originally wasn't going to be able to come with me Friday morning. And so he ran like the decoys out to me and I was just going to take them out. I went out the front door instead of going out the garage, like I always do. And they got left. Oh, right they by. weren't even at the truck. No, they were in the garage. <laughs> no. dude. It's the best place for them to be. You know? Yeah. In the situation where you need them. Um, and so that kind of changed our plans. We're like, okay, well we really needed a decoy for that plan. Let's go somewhere else and try to run something else. So we went down kind of by that field. Um, it's a lot. Uh, it's not as tall as it was back when we were there. Yeah. And um, we turn a corner and kind of talking about owl hoots that don't sound real but are. Like, turn a corner and this owl goes, like he's freaking out. And me and Phil are like, there's another guy that like lives close that has access to hunt. He's the only other guy that's allowed to hunt out there. But he has told me before he doesn't like to hunt turkeys. Like he's like too much work for not enough meat. He's kind of that guy. And I'm like, that's fine. So I text him like, dude, are you hunting out here? And he didn't text us back. And then like, basically like just this owl we hear it take off throughout the woods. And we're like, wow, that was a real, that was a real owl. Okay, awesome. The good thing was, two turkeys gobble down in what we think was like just off the edge of um the field down there actually off of his property but um the whole field is on his property and so we kind of set off set up like off the corner of the field uh in the woods a little bit because it just kind of seemed like they would be moving through the woods more than anything at this point and uh so we're sitting there calling and like hearing gobbles and just kind of waiting hoping that they'd kind of move towards us and then eventually like just kind of sounds like it's getting further away and it's getting close to you know 8:30, which was when we were wanting to get out of there to go to work and um it was probably 8 15 i guess and so we were like well you know if we had more time we'd probably sit here and wait and see if he was going to move in but it doesn't seem like he's going to let's just let's just get out of here so we go up and my grandpa's waiting up there and he's like hey boys and so like we're calling at him and he thinks it's hilarious and we get up there and he's like yeah y'all see anything kind of telling him whatever and he's like will y'all help me with my pool cover and we we're like sure so we go down to the shed, get the pool cover, carry it out, set it down, and it's about as soon as we set it down, we hear pow right in the spot that we were coming. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, dag. He's God. like, I heard you. I came here, and you're not here. <laughs> yep. 
And so then I called down to him, and he gobbled again. And I was like, awesome, good, great, great. So then we left, and that was our Friday hunt. And then Saturday got up, and me and Phil went to some public. Um, we deer hunt there, here a lot. We've actually turkey hunted here uh, last year. Um, and it's a really good spot. You basically get out of the truck, and you hike like probably like three-quarters of a mile, and then you're on a ridge system that runs like, you know, three miles or something it's it's long ways and so i hunted this spot with y'all didn't i with you i don't know phil we so actually we hunted part of the same horse trail on okay. a different spot got it um but yeah that, you know the area yeah. like that we're hunting it's like a lot of ridges and shout um, out to uh, tom decray real quick that's where the striker to that turkey call you made is laying <laughs> yeah. oh, we'll no. find it in there <laughs> somewhere in those woods <laughs> oh, man. i got another one from him it's in my desk oh, okay i don't know where the actual call is Does i i have it? i have the slate but not the striker i know oh. where the striker's at roughly somewhere out there. where Braden's talking I'll about keep right an eye out for it little wood stick yeah, <laughs> yeah anyways go on was okay. this the the trip you were supposed to do with phil and all the boys and just uh, end up being you and phil no this is this was always going to be me and phil um all the boys like everybody kind of had like separate plans for saturday so one of the guys went out with his dad and his brothers mm. on some private and then um the other two dudes uh went with one of the dude's younger brother um to some other private that like borders a bunch of pro- uh, public that they all run into um, but then we were talking about going out on Sunday and after Saturday, I was like, if they text me and want to go Sunday, I'm definitely going. If they don't text me, I'm sleeping. It. So <laughs> that's what happened that nobody texts each other. And then on Sunday we were like, uh, did anybody go out? And everybody's like, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, Sav got home from a wedding at like 2 AM Saturday night. And so I was like, uh, I'd get up if I had plans, but no plans. I'm probably sleeping. Um, but anyway, we uh so we go out and or we're actually sitting in the trucks and another truck like starts driving by and we're like keep going keep going keep going and he pulls in and parks right behind us we're like yeah get out get out yeah and so uh we wait and i got out and or me and phil both got out and walked over to him we're like hey man how's it going and he like told us his name and we we're like well what's your plan we're gonna you know there's plenty of room like we'll avoid you and so he was actually planning to take the same path but hang a right and go off the right side of the the fingers that come off of the ridge were going to be on. We were actually planning to go off the left, so it worked out really well. Um, never ran into him, I don't think, unless he was the guy going, <laughs> Then he decided, ah, there's no birds over here. I'm going to go over where they're going. I don't know. Seemed like a nice guy, though. Um, so anyway, we get out there, and um, we're walking, and uh, just, like, let off an owl hoot. Phil d- did a, his uh, famous owl hoot, and... Um, struck one up and we're like okay cool like you know we're in action we're gonna go back in it was far away um and we're walking do another owl hoot there's actually two of them like okay cool we're gonna go set up and we're sitting there calling 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 and feel like they're moving in and then this is a situation where we had the guy start owl hooting um he had an owl call i guess and um we figured out that he was there and we're like we're never gonna get like if we do call him here he's gonna shoot him before they get to us so we're out of here so then we hiked all the way back up to the main ridge, and we're walking. And Phil literally, like, we're walking, we're walking, walking, throws the brakes on, and just turns to his left, and Al calls again. And later I asked him, like, what, why'd you stop? And he's like, I don't know, just felt like a good stop, good place to stop. But he, like, like threw the, like, e-brake on. I mean, it was like, er, I almost ran into him. And uh, just struck up two goggles. We're like, okay, awesome, like, work our way down in. And we, Phil found on the map kind of this, 
it's kind of like a knob or kind of like maybe like the, the nose of a of a ridge and we like go straight up it and get on top and there's just scratching everywhere and we're like okay this is this is perfect we're gonna throw a decoy hen decoy up and you know just sound like a content hen up here feeding hanging out and so set it all up and um i'll have to show you all the picture of this deadfall that we sat under um it's probably the most dangerous situation <laughs> I've ever. Uh, I'll pass that around. So that's where we we sat right under that. We no, never. You're fine. Yeah. Okay. You're not uh, sitting right under it. Right so there, at the base of that tree, under that deadfall. You were sitting at the base of that. Yes. Tree? Oh yeah, I would have gone to the other side of the tree, but you're still fine. We never even saw it. <laughs> oh, so you sat there in the dark. No. How did you not see that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Turkey's on the brain, boys. I don't. Neither one of us, and we sat right underneath oh that thing. Oh, my. Dude, that's a Widowmaker that's, for it's sure. It's a double Widowmaker. It <laughs> killed both me and Phil. More than that, I was trying to figure out what part of your body I was looking at. Right there. Like, is that his leg struck <laughs> out with, like, his bare foot? <laughs> Points <laughs> with his big toe. <laughs> like, what is that? That's just my nubs. Um, and so, anyway, so we sit there, and we call, and... And it, they just, they got close, but they hung up. And I mean, for like an hour, we're just sitting there and they're firing off, going crazy. We, we really think there's three, maybe four toms and um, just couldn't get them to move. And so we're like, okay, doesn't seem like they're going to come up here. If they were, it seems like they already would have. It's been a long time. Let's make a move. So we, I literally, I crawled out, grab our decoy, crawl over to the side and get down like off to the side of this ridge so that there was no way they could see us because they were I mean they were like 40 yards away just down the ridge kind of in a creek bottom and so then we work on the side of this ridge get all the way um, to like the opposite side and we see that there's like a much easier way for them to come up so, and there's actually an old like wood built um, like permanent deer stand uh, like old ladder and everything and an older one had been just like knocked off the tree and laid down there just I guess forever as scrap I don't know um, and so we go crawl up, set the decoy, and then we get set up on this tree. And same thing, man. We're calling. Here they come. Like they're they're coming this time. Like we can really hear them. And all of a sudden, I start hearing like what sounds like scratching, but like I know there's not a turkey there because I didn't hear it walk up. Um, and like I kind of look around this tree and I see this fire red melon. And I'm like, what the heck? It's like a foot and a half tall woodpecker. Huge, huge woodpecker. Affiliated. And so we saw. <laughs> huh? We, we saw one. Oh, you did? Oh, that's cool. Maybe it was the long lost ivory build. I don't know. <laughs> that, was a joke. It, that was a joke, people. All uh, the people that believe that there might still be some out there. Oh, okay. Go on. It looked like normal woodpecker to me. Just <laughs> giant. Huge, yeah. <laughs> like it had been drinking like, like nuclear wastewater. I mean, it was huge. <laughs> and um, so he's making sounds that sound just like turkey scratching. Uh, not th- I didn't realize at the time that would kind of be our demise. Um, so he's doing that. He's making sounds, just hopping around, like looking for food and stuff. And then he flies off. And not, you know, two minutes later, here come the turkeys. Um, right to the spot where this woodpecker was, where, he, where they were hearing the scratching. And unfortunately, from that exact spot, when you look around, the decoy we had set was covered by a tree. It's about the only spot on this whole freaking ridge that, like, they couldn't see the decoy. Um, because it seemed like they would really come up another way, and I think they would have if they didn't hear the woodpecker scratching right there. Um, but they came to where they heard the scratching, and Phil said he saw them. I never saw them come up, but he said he saw these two toms come up. They weren't strutting, and um, they 
saw like went right to where the woodpecker was and then looked up and like kind of put put and just like took off so i saw one turkey all i know at the time is it's a turkey just zip across come running through phil's kind of like tracking it with his gun and he like never could get a beat on it and it kind of goes down and then hooks back around to the left and goes back around a tree where i now see it and he's just sitting there looking over it like kind of our direction i put the bead on his head and i like go to phil i'm like is that a tom and he says i don't know well he said he didn't know because he never saw which bird which bird or if it was one of the ones he saw or like he never he couldn't see it he's like i don't know and i'm like and i like put my gun down uh don't shoot um which is what you should do i mean don't shoot something you know what it is um really wish i didn't because after i explained the story to phil it was a tom it was one of the ones that had come up and kind of like banked left um so then after that like they went down and Phil actually did like a crow call and they responded. I mean, they were 25 yards away, just like off. didn't scare them that much. No. And so then we were like, and we sat back down and we were, you know, hunched down or whatever. And I was like, should I go get the decoy and move it over? He's like, dude, we can't move. He's like, I don't know where they are. Like, it'd be bad. So, uh, he like lets off some more yelps and stuff. Nothing. I couldn't hear him. And then crow call again, nothing. So more than likely they just kind of stuck around for a second and then got out of there. Um, but yeah, and that was that was our last encounter. We heard some more gobbles and stuff, but never could get on anymore. Um, but just another close but no cigar story, man. It was a lot of fun and got to do like a long series of calling. Phil Phil did like ninety percent of it. Um, I did just a little bit on a slate because we actually had birds on both sides of the ridge, um, and I was calling the ones on the left, and he kind of called to some on the right, and then he moved over to the ones on the left, and then he took over and he did a really good job. Um, but just to hear like, I mean, probably like 35 gobbles. I mean, it was a ton and they just were just responding from to the, the two calls. birds. What do you think were two we birds? We think there were more still. Like I, I would still say there's at least three, two came up that we saw. I think if they wouldn't have put putted, there would have been one or two more, um, maybe some hens with them. I have no idea. But, um, if they just seen the decoy, I mean, they just come up strutting, you know, yeah. like they just couldn't, yeah. we went to the spot where they were and looked. And, like, there's a tree perfectly in the way blocking the decoy. So they heard the scratching, heard the calling, came to where they thought the bird was, wasn't there, got out of Dodge. So freaking woodpecker. I haven't really done much scratching and calling. And that story right there convinces me to try it. It can be killer if done right. Yeah, I mean, you're always, like, it seems like trying to balance, like, over calling and, like, doing too much Mm -hmm. of this or that. Like, once they get close, I love the scratching thing because it's, one, it's super easy to do, and, two – like it's giving them a different look and like giving them a, a, a deeper element of like, this is an actual turkey up here. Eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of play the calls now to like, I'm a hen up here eating and like all that scratching and stuff kind of plays into that narrative. Are just, you just raking the ground with your hand? Just going yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm just kind of like a turkey <clears throat> digging around. Yeah. Um, which is probably how I got poisoned. Because <laughs> you saw those gloves I was wearing, just the yeah. parts that are exposed. Look at oh, that. Those how are funny good. is that? So do you have another weekend? Yeah, yeah. We have to uh, – Their season is longer. longer than uh, we do. But they start later than we do. They have probably about the same length of season. It's just about a week twenty six to the 14th. behind ours. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. When yeah. I say it's longer, it's just later. Yeah. yeah. It's probably about the same length. It just starts later than ours. Yep. Are you, you going to hunt this weekend? I am going to get out at least one more time, um, maybe even a couple mornings this week before work. It's my plan, too. 
I can't. I got to, dude. I know there's birds out there. Oh, yeah. I've physically seen them with my eyes. Oh, I just yeah. haven't seen a tom yet. So. Well, let me let me tell a story real quick on uh, you know Braden. I feel like Braden made a, a good call on not pulling the trigger in his situation. I do because I mean you just didn't know. You don't want to take a shot at a bird that you don't know what it is. I, you made a very good call. Let me tell you a story where I'm still losing sleep over not pulling a trigger. <laughs> um, so my story is not from last weekend. Mine's from our opening week of turkey season here in Kentucky. Um, we set up in this field that we hadn't been hunting the previous couple days before. It's a whole other story as to how we ended up in this field. But anyways, we set up there that morning and threw, I think, two hen decoys out in the field. And then we set up in the woods and sun starts coming up. Birds are gobbling. Um, and at one point I think we had six birds gobbling. Um, we had two right out in front. I could hear two off behind to my right, and then I could hear two off to my left. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. This is this is going to be the morning that it's finally going to happen because it's been a rough season up to this point. It's still been a rough season. Um, where We know that they're roosting, the two that are up front. We know that these birds are roosting right up in there. But the, where they are, it's just really hard to get in and set up close to that roost without busting them out. Um so sun's starting to come up. We I saw two of them pitch down into the field, and the way that the field lays after they hit the field, they're in a field off to our left. I can't see them anymore. We're sitting up high. They're a lot lower down. Um, so the rest of the morning kind of just turns into this calling match between me and these gobblers, and it will – it, it'd heat up for a little bit and they'd be hammering and everything and then they'd stop and then I'd lay off the call and then it would just be quiet for a while. I might give a couple hen calls, nothing. Um, and then they'd start hammering again later and they're, they're coming. They're not quickly, but I can tell that they're getting closer every time they are starting to sound off. And then they get out to probably about 50 yards from us, but they're out in the middle of this field and we can't see them because of how the field drops down. And then they just hang up down there. And they start getting really vocal at this point. I think they're basically saying, why don't you come to us? Mm -hmm. Um, Can't get them to move, though, and they're just hung up. And then, like I said, earlier in the morning, I had heard two birds behind us, but they they were pretty far off. Well, out of nowhere, I just hear this one bird just hammer right behind me to my right. (laughs) Where did he come from? Um, So I'm assessing the situation. I know we've got these two out front. I'm not going to have a shot on these two out front anyways unless they hook right quite a bit. So at this point, I'm thinking, even though they're closer, I'm not worrying about these birds. I'm going to worry about this one that just hammered off right off to my right. So when I can, I start getting repositioned and start turning to my right. That's when I realize that I have a pretty nice size little cedar tree right to my right that I didn't see when we got set up in the dark. Also, wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about birds coming from behind. Isn't it weird how they always... Make it make oh, yeah. a move where you're like, they're not going to come from that way. Oh, yeah. So I get set up looking to my right for this bird that's going to be coming from the right, but I'm still not 100% convinced that he's coming. He's gotten closer, but I don't know that he's actually coming into my calls. So I get situated, get comfortable, get the gun ready, hit the diaphragm one more time, and this time that joker hammers off again even closer, and I'm like, all right, this dude's coming. There's no denying it at this point. And then he just gets quiet. I make a couple more calls on the diaphragm, nothing. And I'm like, he's closing in. He's closing the distance. And start making some scratching, actually. Start brushing some leaves and stuff up around me. Still nothing. 
And then these two that are out in front, they're still hammering too this whole time. But he's not making any noise. And I, I my heart starts – I can't, haven't seen him. I haven't heard him. But I just know he's coming. My heart mm-hmm. starts pounding a little bit. <laughs> and then up over the hill, I see his little head periscope up. Oh. And just blue as blue can be. And I'm like, no denying that this is this Tom. And he's looking around, but he's still really off to my right. And I can see him through the branches of the cedar tree, but I definitely have no clear shot. He's in range at this point. He's probably 40, sub 40 yards, but way off to my right through the cedar tree. It's very thick. Well, he starts slowly coming up, and he never, like, fully puffs up or struts, but he kind of half struts. Mm -hmm. And then he'll go down and start taking a few more steps. And this is where I'm still losing sleep over this situation. I'm very slowly trying to kind of like lean out to my left and get around this cedar tree to where when he takes just about one more step, he'll be right in my range. Felt like this took 10 minutes, probably only took two minutes, but I'm starting to get like the shakes just from holding the gun up and I'm in a super awkward position. And he eventually, I don't know if he saw me, but he just definitely got that feeling that something's not right here. And he starts putting, turns around, and runs off. And what I should have done, and this is what is killing me, is instead of trying to be really slow and methodical about trying to get around that cedar tree and wait for him to come out, I feel like if I had had enough time to just make a very quick movement, bam, just to jump out real quick and put the beat on him and shot, probably could have been a dead bird. I mean, at that point when he turned, he was probably 30 yards out. Like you think it would have shocked him, like that quick movement would have shocked him enough that he did not run off right away. Shocked him to where you wouldn't have run off, or if I just honestly, I did not have far to move, in all seriousness, a mm. couple inches really, and I think I could have done it quick enough to where he probably wouldn't have even processed what was going on. But instead, I sat there real slowly, trying to creep around this tree, and I think that's what ruined it for me. Mm. Damn. And I'm still losing sleep over. Never. Well, both of you all have got to see birds yeah. In, yeah. through your Short of, sight or down the beads. So. I went out Saturday morning before I went to the firehouse and worked Saturday night, and that was the only morning that I actually haven't seen a bird. Every day I've been out, I've been seeing birds, um, but they're always too far away and not interested or in a position where I can't do anything. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I mean, I've got an area out there where I know a lot of birds are roosting, but there's a couple things at play here. There's first off the, the guy who leases the property for cattle. He's got his cows in this field. It's really difficult to make any movements in this field without the cows just going crazy. Um, where these birds are roosting at, there's nowhere close to set up to try to sneak on, on them before they come out of the roost. Like you have to set up pretty far back. And then once they hit the ground, they're just not interested. Uh, they, they're on nest. I jumped a bird. I jumped a hen off of a nest probably day three of our season, and I went up a little later in the morning and just looked at her nest. And I mean, she's sitting on 12 eggs. They lay, a day, a lay, uh, lay an egg a day. And this was two I or three days into that. our season, so that means that she's been laying 10 days prior to our season even opening at the earliest. I mean, well, she could have been incubating longer than that even. Four birds out of that maybe survived. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Um, yeah, I didn't know they laid that many. That's crazy. They, they'll lay one a day, and like an average clutch, I think, is 10 to 12-ish eggs. I'm so probably, that's how long they they will lay an egg for one, about 12 days. Roughly, yep. And so that's what I'm saying. She either – I did some math. And it's like she could have started laying on this day or she could have laid even prior to that and she's just been sitting on the nest. She's done laying because they'll sit on the nest for 28, 29-ish days, I think, after they lay their last egg. 
before they they hatch and become pulse. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing hens early in the morning. They're out feeding, and then they're going right back to their nest. And the toms are making a lot of noise on the roost. And then as soon as they hit the ground, shut up. They're not making any noise. That's what we saw yesterday. Yeah, I mean it's. So I mean I'm I'm seeing birds, but it's just that it's frustrating. It's aggravating. I can't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to end every hunt by just kind of going up into the woods, walking around a little bit, and just seeing if I can stir something up. But yeah, um, did you call at all before shooting light when we were out there? Yeah, <clears throat> I did a little. I did some yelping, like softer tree yelp kind of stuff, and then did fly down cackle. Um. Did we get uh, any gobbles out of that? I don't. I don't think, so. I don't think we prompted any gobbles. Yeah. I think they were roosted further in by that creek bed, and I was just wondering where you're I talking would, about going to set up. Yeah. I think they were back in there. If I, I so I'll probably do some. I did not hammer that because I thought yeah. they would be roosting close to where we were, so I didn't want to like blast it. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Because I'd like to be able to locate them before I set up this weekend. Dude, I bet they're in that creek bed. Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of poop. From the sounds of it, that sounds like a good area that they're probably at. I mean, they like hanging out and roosting around creek beds, especially if you're finding a lot of scat and everything like that. I mean, all the everything's pointing that there's birds in there. So mm-hmm. I would just, just try not to, seeing footprints in that marshy area, which is what. Yeah. I mean, I would, with what little information I have with where you all are hunting, I would try to sneak in as close to that as you could. Like, Early, early, yeah. early. Earlier just be the be the first to be awake. Be the first truck in the parking lot because that's where those other guys walked in. Other than the meth head, we were the first. <laughs> the uh, meth head, yeah. That was weird, man. Car parked at the park. As soon as I get there, I call Dan. I'm like, we're not the first truck here. Mm-hmm. There's a car parked here. Do we want an audible? Go to another spot. And he's. I'm glad I called you because I would have said we need to roll to another spot because i didn't want to walk in on somebody mm-hmm. but dan was like oh let's just go in and see fill it out we'll flash our lights see where they're at and i think what ended up being is somebody just sleeping in their car at the uh <laughs> parking lot because it Aww. as we walked by there's like a like a coffee decanter type thing sitting on the ground like and some plastic kit. silverware yeah we go down we hunt we come back out that coffee can thing is gone but the plastic silverware is still sitting there the car is still there so I think somebody was just chilling for the night, free hotel room. Yeah. Well, he could have gotten there like super late the night before and was trying to get out early to hunt possible. or something. Yeah. I mean it's possible. That's the that's the turkey's human decoy. <laughs> in the middle of the night they'll <laughs> all push here's push Dan, a dilapidated Dan car and his amphibomorphism put this, <laughs> put this Corolla up in the parking lot yeah. this will scare yeah. all the hunters away Corollas yeah. will soothe all the guys driving trucks yeah. <laughs> Dan really does amphibomorphize a lot I think you can kill a bird there and I think if you go to that spot which is probably where we should have gone Sunday yeah I feel like where we were it's kind of it's it's one of those pieces of property where you can tell it floods and kills all the undergrowth, and then you know if it's been a little while since that section's flooded, the undergrowth's a little higher. But where we were set up, middle of the day, I feel like we had some pretty good shooting lines. I feel like I'm gonna try to go right to that spot, right where that game trail mm-hmm. was going up the hill. There's a question for you, okay? And you may know the answer too. No, so no offense, I'm giving you more credit for you your turkey knowledge. You should give Derek more credit for his turkey uh, knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, creek bed where we set up mm-hmm. runs down to a marshy mm-hmm. flood zone, flood plain. On the 
the other side from the parking lot. So Dan would come in, cross this creek bed, mm -hmm. and then there's probably like a 15-yard flat. There's like, a bit of like a trail there too if I'm – because you all hunt in an area that I'm mildly familiar with. Yes, there's a little the, trail, from, yeah. the trail, the that trail from the parking lot, and that trail actually goes to that creek bed. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's going to take that path. Yeah. Cross that creek bed. Mm -hmm. There is a then a hill. Mm -hmm. I don't. Kind you of walked. Door, right? You walked kind of up that. Mm -hmm. Thick with cedars. Yep. But I think still low enough. There's enough visibility for turkeys to use that. I, yeah. Would they go up that hill? I. It, my. I guess the question I think you're trying to ask is if they're in that creek bed and they fly down, would their instinct to be go level to the marsh or start hiking uphill because we weren't seeing any sign in the marsh like that was soft ground there's yeah. there would have to be footprints if they're going that way uh i think they're probably roosting in that general area they're probably roosting in those cedars you think they're roosting on the hill as opposed to From the creek bed? they could probably be roosting in both honestly um and they're probably pitching down they're probably coming down in that creek bed early they're probably feeding and scratching around a little bit there. And then as the morning goes on, they're probably going up the hill past those cedars into that oak flat and maple and everything that's up there behind there. Um, and then they probably spend most of their day up there, and then they're coming back to the roost down there in the creek bed. Go kill that bird. Would be my guess. Do you think I should try to locate before I set up early morning? Like, yeah. If absolutely. you can get out there pretty early yeah. and get not – on top of that spot, I would maybe go halfway down that trail and hit a hand, like a, a hoot owl or a crow or something, see if you can get a locator. If they don't gobble to that locator, I still wouldn't Give I wouldn't up. turn around and yeah. go home. I mean, you're already there. Just roll the dice somewhere. Just go for it. Enough. And I would, yeah, I do kind of what Jacob's saying, get set up. I bet you they're roosting in that general area. It may not even be a bad idea to go up into those woods a little bit, but you want to be careful. You don't want to walk right through where they're roosting. It's going to be loud getting through there. I think it, well, this is tricky, though, because you can't. But I thought, I thought turkeys had, like, no memory. Like, you could be as loud as you wanted walking in, and as long as you got 30 well, minutes between. If you're going in pitch dark. Yeah. 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 Eh. You're not going to use a headlamp at all? No, I will, but from what I read, you know, if you are headlamp off for 30 minutes before they fly down, they've already forgotten about. I would try very hard not to, but if it does happen, I wouldn't. I, I've gone and set up right under a roost tree, busted a bird out of the roost in the dark, sat there under that roost tree, and then killed that bird an hour later when it came back. It yeah. can happen. Yeah. But, but you just don't want to be coming in, like, as – Sun up. First yeah. lights coming I wouldn't. Up. I would still want to have every element of surprise on that bird, and I want that bird to not know I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go in early. I think that's what they're doing. Remember <laughs> me saying it yesterday? is like, I bet they go up this hill. Yeah. I, we saw that trail. I mean, that was a well-worn trail. And there weren't there weren't hoof prints. I've seen a lot of birds. No turkey hooves? <laughs> no, I'm saying like. I know what you're saying. Well I'm worn. Being, yeah. I'm just being stupid. I know what you're saying. <laughs> the good news from this weekend. You just look so deadpan at me. Yeah. The good news from this I weekend, we didn't hear any shotgun <laughs> blasts from the other hunters. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, there were no other gunshots. We so. had a situation where we were calling a bird. Very early, we went down into this creek bottom, and we had one calling. You could just like hear it kind of echoing through like the creek bottom or whatever. Set our decoy out, calling, calling, calling. It's far away. I mean, it's kind of a long shot. And then he's gobbling and then he's not so we're like okay he's moving and then all of a sudden 
and me and Phil look at each other. He's kind of like 30 yards from me. And I just like stand up and go get the decoy. <laughs> Take I your ball a, and go home. Yeah, Saturday. we had more goblin off to the right, and that's kind of what got us into like moving that direction. But yeah, Saturday morning I had somewhat of a similar situation. I property kind of close to a property line there, um, and I heard a hand just hammering. And my initial reaction was I was going to try to do like what I did last season with my tom and start calling at this hen hoping maybe she's a lead hen, she'll bring a tom with her. And we start going back and forth, and I'm like, okay, I got this This hen really worked up. And then I start thinking more about it, and I'm like, this hen's not moving at all. Mm. And then I start hearing a gobble coming from down there, and then that hen starts hammering off again, gobble, hen hammering. I'm just going to sit back for a second and just listen. And about 25 minutes later, pow! I was like, yeah, that was probably a hunter the whole time. I'm over here yelping at Danny. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a guy, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, friends. Good episode. That was fun. Hopefully, uh, hopefully one of us can bag one before our next episode on Monday. Got exciting. Quite a few chances here. Yeah. Um, if you're already on Go Wild, make sure you log the show, tag us, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on the show. If you've been listening for a while and you made it this far, we'd appreciate a five star review. Uh, we're trying to tell us how to be better turkey hunters. Yeah, tell us how to be better turkey hunters, and we're trying to grow the show and and get more people listening. And it really helps when you all leave reviews. So, thank you guys for being part of the community. If you are, and if you're not, go download Go Wild at downloadgowild.com. All right, guys. See you next week. See, see you. It.